Hey everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Folks, uh, I really don't want to talk about the Waukesha massacre, but I'm going to have to a little bit. And I really don't want to have to talk all about all the uh, awful hot garbage takes, mostly from the left, regarding the Waukesha massacre, but I'm going to have to a little bit. What I really want to do is to use these two things to talk about a couple of deeper issues that I think maybe are, are getting ignored. So with that in mind, uh, Bill, I'm going to start with you. The first awful garbage Waukesha hot take I saw was from Chris Wiggins. He's a uh, Washington, D.C. journalist. He's been with CBS 6, a bunch of publications, all listed on his Twitter bio, which I probably don't have to tell you, have his preferred personal pronouns and all the rest. Um, he tweeted immediately after the massacre, it's okay. The driver in Waukesha was afraid for his life and defending himself from the unarmed holiday crowd. That's Wisconsin law now. And again, I'm not here to say, oh, this guy should get fired and driven from public life and all the rest. What I want to ask you about is this idea that even after a verdict has been rendered by a jury of his peers in the in the Rittenhouse case, that a professional journalist, and he's not the only one, I just took his because it was the most garbage hot take, that journalists still push these discredited narratives that Rittenhouse was uh, not under any kind of threat that he just went there to shoot people. Um, I would ask how they can get away with this stuff, but I guess it's working for them, isn't it? I saw something uh, that I hadn't really considered not too long ago that basically said one of the reasons that the, that, uh, that the left-wing news media uh, drives all of these racial hatreds to the boiling point and after and lies in the attempt to do so whatever is necessary is because uh, riots actually provide better ratings than uh, non-riots. And and I don't know if that's true. I, I'll tell you one thing, Steve. I'm at the point with the society now where when I find out that something is done for pure financial greed and that's the only reason, I actually am grateful. You know, it's like, oh, so there's not just an ideological thing about that. There's something much bigger about this, this particular uh, thing. The person who wrote that either believes the media narrative about Rittenhouse or was part of writing it. The idea that he was a vigilante just waiting to gun down black people drove across. You know, have you noticed across straight lines how important that yeah. is all of a sudden? Yeah, it's not not worried about people coming across national borders or anything like that. That's that's fine. But crossing straight. So. So look. This this narrative is believed by pretty much half the country. In in utter contravention of the actual facts, or or even on the philosophical grounds that a jury acquitted him uh, of of all of the charges. So it's just plain evil. And and I got to tell you, Steve, this is really what I want to talk about. Uh, is just the the nature of the people that we seem to be up against. Because I I have a a wife who's very very fair minded, and anytime I make any kind of statement about anything, she's always pointing me to the other side of the argument and stuff. It's kind of like Scott in that way, just really <laughs> annoying. Um, but but no, but seriously, but seriously, of all the things that we've done together, the three of us, the thing that I was the proudest of by far was something that wasn't even on camera. And it's happened a couple times, but one of them sticks with my mind. We do a backstage show for members where we talk about the segments that we're going to talk about before we talk about them. Not that it makes much difference, apparently. But in any <laughs> event, we did 
before we start rolling that, we, we just set up the cameras and then we start. We don't pre-brief the pre-brief show. We don't have a meeting about a meeting. We just are chatting while we're yeah. getting our cameras and our lights setting up and off we go. And we did a segment on Ruth Bader Ginsburg being incapacitated. And, and just kind of out of the blue, all three of us at the same time, nobody let it off and nobody was asking anybody, but just sort of out of the blue, all three of us together said, look, I don't want this woman to die. I don't want anything terrible to happen to her. I, I think she's done enormous damage. I think she's a, 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 a real problem for the, for the, for the Supreme Court and so on. But I don't want her to die. I don't want her to be sick. I don't want her to get cancer. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen on our side, but it is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly uh, the left that comes out with this. I hope he dies of COVID. I hope they die of this. I hope he die of cancer. I hope you, you know, burn in a fire. And, and this idea that the people who, who lost families have to deal with this kind of attitude, not just from this, this blue check, uh, Twitter guy, but just in general, you know, you deserved it. You know, you're from Wisconsin and Wisconsin is where they allow mass murder. I don't know where to begin. Uh, actually, that's not true. I do know where to begin because my episode this week on, on our Right Angle series is talking about actually getting down and suing these people into oblivion and put some kind of boundaries upon the level of, of, of lies and slander and defamation that they can get away with without consequences. And that's where we are right now. People can make these kind of lies and slanders. There are no consequences whatsoever. There is a difference between freedom of speech, which I'm in favor of, and I don't believe in hate speech. I don't think anybody should be silenced. But there is also, nevertheless, the, the crime of slander, the crime of libel, and the crime of defamation, where you have pre-knowledge and, and, and malice aforethought, and you are intentionally destroying somebody's character in order to, 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 to make yourself feel good. What a wretched, awful person. Can you imagine being around somebody who, 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 who felt that? Would you, would you be friends with somebody who said something to the effect of, you know, uh, geez, you know, this, this, this terrible thing happened to the left and I hope, I hope they all die. That, that person's not hanging out with me anymore. I don't, Gavin Newsom has disappeared for, for what, three, four weeks now, apparently because of a very serious reaction to this, to this vaccine that he's forcing everybody in California to take, including five-year-old kids. I don't want Gavin Newsom to die. I'd like him to change his mind. But, but there's a fundamental difference between, between these two sides. And it comes down to a, just, a, 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 just a, a twisted sort of sense that there are things more important than politics. And, and one of them in this case would be the feelings and the emotions of people who are suffering from this and the inability to see the suffering that these people, that these dancing grannies who were just gunned down and massacred somehow deserved it. And, and we should, you know, and we're going to use this for an opportunity to make some kind of snarky comment. You know, that is a that is a, a, a sick person. And, and I don't like hanging around those kind of sick people. But I do notice that some people do. Yeah, well said. Uh, Scott, this next one just disturbed the hell out of me. But again, I'm not here to say, oh, this is a horrible person. I want them canceled from from public life and, you know, hounded from society. But uh, Mary Lemansky, up until Monday, uh, served as a social media director of DuPage County Democrats. And that's uh, one of the suburbs outside of Chicago. Uh, she's also and this is the part that blew me away because she seems like a desperately unfunny person studying comedic acting at Second City, Chicago. And, you know, that's the improv troupe that gave us Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, um, 
just I mean, pretty much the entire original not ready for primetime players. Joan Rivers, uh, they helped give her her start. John Candy, I could just go on and on and on. Um, she called the Waukesha massacre karma on the people of Wisconsin for the Rittenhouse verdict. And I'm going to read this whole thing. By the way, she since deleted her Twitter account and was uh, either resigned or fired as a, a social media director. Um, but I want you to keep in mind that she was the social media director for the local Democrats. She wrote on Twitter, the blood of Kyle Rittenhouse's victims is on the hands of Wisconsin citizens, even the children. I'm sad anytime anyone dies. I just believe in karma. And this came around quick on the citizens of Wisconsin. And again, I'm not calling for anybody to be canceled or anything like that. But I have noticed a trend, Scott, and this is what I do want to talk about, where old organizations, whether it's a Fortune 500 company that's not a high tech business or, you know, local local political parties, political organizations who just say, hey, we'll put, take the uh, the young person and put them in charge of the Internet stuff without having any idea of what social media is about. And frankly, a lot of these young people are antisocial. And we just saw it again here. Uh, what, what are these people going to wake up that just because somebody's young and knows what Twitter is doesn't mean they should be put in charge of it? Yeah, and I, I think that's the natural reaction among executives who don't understand something themselves is, uh, you know, this is something the kids are doing these days, uh, so let's get a kid uh, to do it. And uh, they think they're being hip and really connecting with that demographic to whom they'll never uh, be able to uh, who, who they'll never be able to attract or induce yeah. to join or sell anything to or whatever they're trying to do. Uh, and, and, and just this idea of saying that this is karma um, is a, a, a disease of the progressive left primarily that they have to expand and depersonalize every isolated particular incident in order to make it make a statement about something else. And so a guy drives his car into a crowd, and this is immediately karma on the citizens of an entire state about an unrelated incident that happened somewhere else at a different time. And they can't – it's almost like they're not capable of being personal. They're not capable of connecting with individuals. I saw uh, some so-called social media video. Somebody had some cell phone video that was published in one of the uh, news sites out of England, I believe. Um, and the guy holding the smartphone was clearly uh, an immigrant who primarily spoke Spanish. You could hear him every once in a while in the background saying things in Spanish. And it's like, ay, Dios mío, you know, which is, you know, oh, my God, in, um, in Spanish. Um, and the people around him seemed to be primarily African-American. There were a number of African-American people around him uh, who were all reacting with shock and horror uh, at, at what was happening with this car. But the thing that really stuck me in the heart is somebody who actually survived this massacre. And that is at the beginning of this video, there's a girl who's probably four or five years old, maybe older, standing in the street just off the sidewalk wearing a, a pink outfit and she's facing the sidewalk. So clearly her parents are in front of her and she's dancing to the sound of the band. 
that's walking behind her that's that's playing at the moment and the drums are, are are tapping out this rhythm and she's dancing along with it and at that moment this vehicle comes speeding past that child misses her by probably less than two feet as it goes further down the street and then collides with other people and the parents saw this can you imagine? I mean, it's it's horrible that these people were killed, but think of how many more people this guy could have killed. And at the same time, somebody feels like they want to get the first snarky hot take, uh, especially somebody who is using an account or at least represents an organization that should have broader goals and should have more propriety and should have a sense of uh, restraint in the face of breaking news situations to make sure they know what they're talking about, to build credibility with the public, uh, whether it's a newspaper or a political party. It's just stunning to me that they would give somebody the keys to their public reputation and say, yeah, go ahead. Uh, We don't expect to hear anything from you until something goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah, And and by the way, this 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 hellbound who wrote this kind of thing, frankly, undoubtedly feels that girl deserved to die, too, because of because of the uh, outrage of the of the Rittenhouse trial. Right. If the five people who died deserve to die, then this little girl deserved to die, too. It's her own fault for being in Wisconsin, the place where these kind of, of, of jury verdicts come down. What a miserable, awful, 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 awful person this must be. Wow. Uh, you know, I was kind of stuck for a moment on how to wrap this up because Bill and Scott said pretty much everything I could have wanted to say. But I did think of this. Uh, Tip O'Neill is uh, was my kind of Democrat. Not that I agreed with him on, on almost anything. But, you know, he he walked the streets of his congressional district in Boston and he talked to people and really talked to people and shook their hands. And then he go back to Washington and try to do what he thought was in their best interest, the people that he actually met in the street and talked to in real life, not over social media, not on the phone, not on a newsletter, not in the mailer, but walking the street and talking to his actual constituents. And it goes back to something that was uh, maybe the most famous thing Tip O'Neill ever said. He said, all politics is local. It's not true anymore. Uh, Thanks to social media, now all politics is global. And we've lost that connection. It's not you or me walking the streets. It's or talking to our neighbors or anything like that. It is giving us the ability to broadcast our very worst impulses immediately with very little thought for the consequences because you're not talking to your neighbors. You're not talking to your constituents. You're not talking to real people. You're just broadcasting out with a semi-anonymous ether. And I got to tell you, it's the worst thing in the world that's happened to this country since I don't know when. That's your right angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Hey, uh, just a reminder, this is the week of Thanksgiving, and you know we, uh, we rely on member donations and member support to keep this content coming. So if you want to give thanks to us this year, you can go to BillWhittle.com and make a one-time donation. We sure appreciate it. Thanks for your support. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. 